Welcome to Third World Gaming, and this is the first real show. We had our alpha, our beta, and now the release. With some patchwork probably to come. Don't worry, it will not crash anywhere but your face. Yep. Now, for very formal introductions, I'm Miko, I'm a hotelier, and this is... I am Paolo, I am Paolo. I am a student who is probably going to end up selling cars. Just like the usual college student. Yes. <laughs> The usual college student who spends most of his day studying and the rest of that day making money. Okay, no, that's a normal college student all making money. No. <laughs> well, come on. Some some people know know rather interesting things, all in quotes. You know, interesting things that could make the money, all in quotes. Yeah, that's not a topic for today. Yes. Or any day. Or in this show. We don't want to get arrested. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, this our we'd like to consider this our first real episode. So I mean to know a little about ourselves. Like, uh, Paolo, you want to start off? Tell us a bit about yourself, who you are, why you do such. Yes, I am Paolo Panganiban. I'm a new. I am an unusual man with unusual tastes. Basically, he's not vegan. I'm a carnivore, so you know. <laughs> so, oh, I like my meat. I eat some vegetable here and there, but that's only so that I don't die a quicker death. And and literally, that's me stuffing things down, stuffing the vegetables as fast as I can down my throat. Okay, so you are a meat-eating, partially vegetable-eating guy. So what else about what else you want everyone else to know about you? I am a giant. What you want our future listeners to find out? You know, if oh, this is the guy we listen to. This is not a totally insane person. Okay, seriously, seriously, I don't know how I could present myself as a not totally insane person, but I might as well go on and say that if you look at me, if you think about me right now, know this, you're seeing a giant green laser cat. And that's Paolo. <laughs> and me, I'm Miko, I'm a hotelier, I am, I've been, a, I'm pretty much been a gamer ever since I could really remember. I started out with the Atari, uh, went up to the Super Nintendo, the Family Computer, <coughs> Sega Genesis, and essentially the only time my last console, I believe, was the N64. Uh, I've been gaming on tabletops, been gaming with consoles, PCs, window, the Windows, Mac, a little bit of Linux, but you know, that's another show. You can check that one out. And... Third World Linux. Yep, shout out to them. They are producers. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, I'm also a, I'm also an independent game maker. I've made some small games, Jenny for Friends. I've made analog games, video games, and well, I do it mainly for fun. I've never done it for any monetary value, mainly because I feel like it's no game should be enjoyed, not be just always bought and things. It's something that should just be made for the fun of it and for people to enjoy themselves too. A good, anyway. game, a good game is meant to be enjoyed anyway. Oh yeah. In well, fact, the bet. In fact, that pretty much shows in a lot of the games that are you know relatively old, but people a lot of people still play them a lot. Oh yeah, I mean Diablo two. I mean oh yeah, Diablo so many. Very nice. I mean it's it's actually an interesting case because Blizzard actually patched in something to help the online. I think it was a tiering system. I think I heard about that, but still, it was like um it's not this, the best. Yeah, they patched. I remember they. T I think they patched in. It was a tier system or a rank system this year. Oh, right. so Paolo, why do you game? Um, I let's see. Why do I game? Well, why do you game? And you know, why should people listen to and care about why you game? 
as a long time gamer, I've I basically my first consoles war was the du- was the duo of the original console war, the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. I then mo- moved on to the PlayStation, got up then P- then the PS2, may uh, made the PlayStation rest in peace because it's no longer functioning. Um, then got to the PS3. Basically, I've I've practically been gaming for most of my life. Okay. Then again, I've it's only recently that I've really started to get into gaming of sorts because for a good for a good while, most of the games I played tended to be either given to me or related to some other interests that I had. Basically, if the at a time where I really liked dragons, I was hunting down games that had dragon related stuff. So which is why which is what led me to stuff like Dragon Guard. Oh, okay. Basically. I game because games are a great medium. Uh, what do you mean? Like a great medium for... Uh, they're a great medium for entertainment. They're a great medium for presenting certain ideas that you really couldn't present in, say, fi- say film or film or, or, you know, static art because some of these ideas would probably not work well without interaction. Okay, so what do you mean? It's interactive medium versus the usual static things, even in, like, Watching films are pretty static. It's just you receive, you don't really get back. Yes, and some ideas really only work with interaction. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Yeah. Um, you could also, for some of you people who may have heard the whole games as art argument, I kind of, if I look at game, if we look at art as the as the as a catch-all term for for a. For forms of creative expression, I actually see. I do see games as a potent as well. Basically, I kind of do agree with the sentiment that games are art. Mm-hmm. But but more. But it's not like to the point. But it basically for games to be truly considered art, they can't lose their identity. Okay. Because well, the, here's a pretty simple example. As far as the games as art argument is concerned, I look at it that games like Okami and games like um, Yoshi's Island mm-hmm. provide better games as art arguments than stuff like Flower Journey. Okay. Because Okami and Yoshi's Island and the likes of the, any of the games made by a, um, George Kamitani, mm-hmm. known for all, all of his work at Vanillaware, those games not only sh- show off a good artistic style but they're but they have enough gameplay content to really push them forward as you know actual games all right because because well some of the art games pushed forward well can be argued to not be games because of lack of content so for you the reason why you game is really the interactivity and I don't know, for you is it something like a learning experience or is it really purely escapism and entertainment it's a means of expression. Games okay. as a means of expression. And it's not just expressing myself, but also me trying to see how developers are trying to express a certain image or trying to express the opposite of that, uh, of a message in in the games they make. Okay, okay. I guess that's uh, slightly different to how the reason why I play games. Mm. I mean, I uh, said when I... <laughs> played games, I started with the Atari, but I really have most vivid memories with the family computer, as well as the Sega Genesis. Uh, the reason I gained remember was primarily because it was fun. It was entertainment, it was escapism. I think the only time I actually saw it as how Paolo saw it, being almost an art form or interactive sort of uh, 
expression of things was when I first played my uh when I played my first RPG. Uh that was Rings of Power by Naughty Dog. Hmm. It was an amazing game. It was two megabytes of size in a cartridge, which was really gigantic at the time. Uh, that became my basis to what a game was, what things had to be like. Uh, it had so many aspects to it, and that made me realize, hey, games are not just fun. Games are this whole new world of experiences. For me, it didn't become an art form. It became more of Hey, this our ideas come to life. These are different worlds you can explore. For me, it became not just escapist anymore. It became a true experience. And I mean, I guess that's the reason why I don't really favor any genre in general. I mean, some people say I'm purely an FPS gamer because they see me playing Counter-Strike, uh, Call of Duty. I mean, Counter-Strike, especially since I did play in the professional circuit for about three years. But, uh, I mean, I played FPS mainly because it's kind of mastered and hobbies I liked in, I don't know, outside my gaming life. But personally, I played pretty much any genre. I mean, I enjoyed JRPG, RPG, FPS, RTS, I enjoyed point and click, I enjoyed MUDs, I enjoyed tabletop games, I enjoyed pretty much whatever could be thrown at me. I mean, I honestly tried playing pretty much every single Barbie game just to see how it was. And I could believe them. Hmm. And I can honestly say I will not recommend them to anyone. <laughs> Okay. It's, um, essentially if that was representative of the girl gamer at the time, I can understand why girls were either insulted by it or just did not go into gaming. Yeah, that sounds pretty indicative of their quality. It was a pretty bad game, man. <laughs> it was pretty bad. But, you know, I played those just to see, you know, what this is like. Uh, when it came to side scrollers, I mean, I played both. I played both, of course, Sonic and I played Mario. I'm a Sega guy, so I, I love Sonic. Uh, point and click. I mean, my first really point click I remember is Sam and Max hit the road, Twelve Days Tentacle. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it came to the Atari, I remember Pitfall. When it came to the PlayStation, well, Final Fantasy VII. I think pretty much anyone with a PlayStation One played that one. It just I didn't became... play Final Fantasy VII. You know, yeah, I'd, kick, I know. I'd kick you off the show right now, but, you know, I need someone to talk to. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But really? You didn't play it yet? Oh, gosh. I was spending more time... Is it the hype t- thing, or is it... No, I just didn't get a copy. Oh. I just didn't get a copy at all. Oh, okay. My PlayStation... My, the PlayStation didn't come with a copy. I instead got Crash and Spyro, though. Hey, those are, oh, hey, those are pretty fun yeah, games. Yeah, those are pretty fun games. In fact, I'm pretty certain they may also have uh, affected my, abili- of my ability to finish any RPG. Um... I yeah I played a few RPGs on the PS One, but I don't think I've ever really finished most of them. Like like those uh, PS One Digimon games. Yeah, never finished them. I guess that's also another difference you and me is. I if I did not one hundred percent the game, yeah. I at least finished the entire campaign. I mean, there are some games I never bothered one hundred percenting mainly because it really didn't feel like it was worth my time. But um, back in the day. Back in the day, before I suddenly had the big the big game realization I had sometime back, I think it was 2009-2010, mostly I only finished a game if I was really interested in playing the game. Okay. So, basically, basically that, or, you know, basically back in what could be considered my uh, gaming youth, I also only finished the games that I could feasibly finish. Because back at the back at the time that were back at the time, um, well, let's just say that say whenever a certain scenario in a game happened and came into my head, uh, 
um, basically sometimes I'd end up being stuck to the point that I just switch off, switch over to another game, and over time I'd end up forgetting about that uh, case in point. I never finished GTA San Andreas. Okay, see, the other ones he had the excuse of having no internet. San Andreas has really no excuse. So, no, because essentially it came down to one mission being a little hard because of, well, flying a helicopter. Oh gosh, uh, <laughs> game systems, especially controls, when they're a little off, really, really mess you up good. <laughs> especially if we're talking about old GTA helicopter controls. Oh yeah. And basically, I just had more fun messing around in the city. And, you know, you, and, you know, combining cheats to make it a war zone. Oh, yeah. The time when cheats became more of with changing the game versus just, you know, trying to finish it with just weird commands. Yeah. But, yeah, going back to the, the other games I guess I played besides the usual video stuff was, well, as I mentioned, I played Tabletop. I mean, I played uh, Dungeons & Dragons. I played Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. I played Vampire the Masquerade. I tried Warhammer, which was another type of thing. I tried Heroclix. <laughs> I you did. Tried try, I tried Heroclix, and I found it really, really weird in its own way. So it's different than Mage Knight. There's similarities to it. They're just like some minor differences. Uh, so most of those differences are chalked up to the figures. Uh figures and the you know the prices you pay and stuff. Yeah, I didn't Mage Knight that. had a lot more uniformity versus Heroclix, which didn't really have that. Yeah, bec- yeah, because they were releasing for Marvel and DC, and I was just a little confused at times because when I looked at because now that I think about it, could you actually use your Heroclix and your Mage Knights in the same game? Uh, I've actually seen people do that. Those are unofficial games, and there's a different set of rules for it. Oh, okay. uh, similar to remember, like another game I play, Match the Gathering, which I'm sure Paolo also plays. I remember when we play Unhinged in yeah. Match the Gathering. It's sort of like that, where you could use these weird combinations just for fun. You know, it's also like you know that that's also like playing certain kinds of uh, special game modes if you you know decide to make them up in Magic, and also like if you try to do some weird stuff in another game I play, Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, basically, you mess around a little bit with the rules, see how, see what fun you can have, or you know, basically find ways to make the game interesting as opposed to well. I also had a few Pokemon cards back in the day, but what well, what happened between me and my brother was instead of following the rules, my brother simply just imposed that we play the game like the way people did Pokemon battles in the show. You'd start screaming and telling your Pokemon you love them? We start. We just put Pokemon cards down and made them attack. Didn't bother with the whole energy thing and whatnot. I think I only actually played by the rules four times. Wow, that... Okay. <laughs> uh, to anyone who's looking to make video games or games in general, that's actually a nice thing to try. Uh, changing up the rules and, you know, get rid of them and see what happens. Yeah, yes, but... Yes, but try to do so in a way that, you know, makes sense. Otherwise, well, you get to a situation where it just ends up going going to Hula Land. You know, like playing Pokemon, like playing Pokemon cards like you do it in the show. <laughs> well, yeah, that's pretty much Paolo. That's myself. Uh, we're gamers. We're, well, we're like the average Joe. We are not living in the basement. Uh, Paolo, Paolo actually lives in the attic. That's slightly different. <laughs> I get more sunlight and I hear birds not underground mole men who are trying to who are plotting to take over the surface world. Nope. And me, I don't live in the basement. I just live trapped in my room in my own little world. It's much, much more different than the usual fat guy down in the basement. We now live in higher levels. 
But we're still kind of pudgy. <laughs> At least you don't hear mole men. Maybe you don't. You live that close to the ground? I live on the second floor. I, l I see the ground. Okay. Well, you see the ground. Can you hear it? Moving along. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we talked actually, I'd like to move off that thing about uh, when you're talking about the rules in the games. Yeah. Do you, so, when you start affecting these things, do you think the game itself still stands, or are you just, like, messing around it already? Is the game you're playing still there? Let's see. With the Pokemon example, yeah. no. The no, game was not there because we just, essentially, we we didn't change the rules. We literally, we just kicked the rules. We kicked the entire rule set out. So, would you say that's one thing, do you think that would be, you know, our main topic right now is, what's a game? Would you say it's the rules that define what a game is? Hmm. Or define what is a game just by the fact. How would you define a game? Me? <coughs> well, let's see. A game specifically is something that. Well, some people say a game is to hone skills. For me, <coughs> games, as how I see it, is Jenny primary enjoyment. It has to be something that you could uh, escape <coughs> to, or at least hmm. find some sort of appeal with. Hmm. It doesn't exactly have to satisfy you in certain ways, but it should be able to make you amused. Should make you feel. I don't like having fun. So basically, that's... I guess that's the bare sense of what the game has to be. It should be enjoyable. So essentially, that's basically what the goal of the game should be. No, no, no. Well, no, no. no. What it's I mean, not the goal, but... Not the goal of the game, but... It has to be essentially enjoyable. Ba no, basically, what I mean by the goal of the game isn't so much, like, what you have to do in the game, but, I, but basically, what the game is supposed to be doing for you. Yeah, in, the game like, should make mind. you enjoy it. I mean... Enjoyment's not like, oh, I'm having so much fun. I mean, there's different levels of enjoyment. Some people like getting scared out of their pants. Oh, yeah, and that's for enjoying it. And that's very, you know, that's very fun for them. Uh, I don't know why my <coughs> English is disappearing. <laughs> uh, and for other people, I mean, fun is getting their mind racked by puzzles. Some people's fun is, no, oh, sandbox games. Some, Some people... people's fun is getting themselves tortured by the by insane difficulty. Yeah, I mean, those are fun. I mean, for some people that's not, but that's why we have so many games. It's for different people, different kinds of ideas. And that's the reason why I wanted to play pretty much every genre, just so I could understand what this sense of fun was in different idea in different areas. I mean, as much as I didn't enjoy those Barbie games, yeah. I saw the fun aspects to it. It's just... The fun aspects just did not speak to me, but I saw how this could be fun to other for other people. Hmm. I don't know how many people, maybe you know a dozen, but I could see how it could be fun for those dozen people. Somehow I'm just thinking of the Barbie equivalent of bronies now. No, 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 bronies have a lot more going for them than <laughs> anyone who loves those Barbie games. Yeah, but I'm pretty certain there's like, you know, 40, 30 year olds. No. No. At least. No. At least. No. At least. No, no what I mean, at least it, at least that's not a thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because, well, that that would be... My head explodes. Honestly, I mean, the failure of the Barbie game was the fact that they did not invest into making a good game system. And honestly, the newer Barbie games are a lot more fun because they actually feel like proper games versus the old ones. Yeah. Anyway, I should stop talking about Barbie games. I am not a fan of Barbie games. It's just something I've found so amusing just because... You know, I figured, you know, when I was looking for what's a girl game, I figured, hey, Barbie, I mean, how much more girly can you get? Then again, that kind of sounds like the whole whole idea that there's a number, of, a growing number of people who are pretty much having this massive enthusiasm for, you know, pretty bad games. Like, just in the similar way as there's this massive community who really likes really bad movies. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, there are people who enjoy that. I mean, there's really we have in so much of, weird games out there. In a number of considerations, in a number of considerations, I honestly think that despite how bad a game a bad game could be, it's much better than a truly average game because you can get something from it. Well, in in this case, a lot of it, it has more to do with what you shouldn't be doing in a game, but you're still getting something from it. On the other hand, with a truly average game, there's a great chance you're probably getting, you're probably going to end up in the long term getting nothing from it. Oh yeah, because you'll be forgotten. Yeah. But I mean, you're not talking about games. For you, what's a game? Because I mean, I talked about it being essentially it had to be some form of enjoyment, whichever way it goes, but it has to be enjoyment. For you, what's a game? I mean, what? needs to be there for it to be considered a game. For me, I would see for for something to be a game, it would need it would need some of these some or all of these things. Such Basically as? one player involvement. Okay. Player involvement which can come in the form of what of, you know, controlling controlling a character or controlling something in the game or being able to influence certain things in the game or or stuff like that. So basically, the the most basic way of of portraying that is the very act of just pressing the D pad and moving your character forward. Okay. Two. So Metal Gear Solid Four is a game, even with the seven hour cutscenes. There's still things that happen outside of the seven hour cutscenes. Yeah, going to the next cutscene. <laughs> yeah, but in between that, you've got like you know five minutes of getting to the cutscene. <laughs> Where you have to move to the cutscene. Yep. Are you saying? Okay. So what? So player involvement is one thing. <clears throat> the other thing is well, sensical, le- sensical um, design of the game. Whether I'm finding it hard to use the term level design, especially for some because some games can't can't really be described to have level design if we have to go with the. If we have to go with the idea that some that some games don't go by the stage per stage progression, okay, of things, but basically what like, I what game doesn't go through stage by stage progression? Open world games, uh, like an example, because I mean even games like sandbox games like uh, GTA, sure they may not be levels to how we perceive it, but there's still missions and objectives oh, the mission. that are being built up. That's still level design. It's just oh, yeah. not how we normally perceive it as oh. level one, level two. Oh right. Well, basically, basically, ga- basically, um, content. Basically, uh, I'll just call it content design okay. because it isn't just level design. It's also basically the content that you give to the player. Mm. Basically, the content that the player sees, the content that the player can make use of in the game, uh, the content that the player can earn in the game, depending on what he does. And basically, the content that the player has to be working against. Enemies, challenging level designs, tough, tough puzzles, psychological, psychological breakdown, because of, because of weird scares, and uh, questionable looking enemies. What games are you playing? I don't know if um, it's Mega Man or Silent Hill. Um, okay. When the, with the quest, regards to the questionable, questionable looking enemies, I will only tell you one thing. Look up Mara in Shin Megami Tensei. No, okay, I can kind of figure this out already. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already fine with the amount of things I've seen on the internet. Yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, short, like, uh, what is a game to you? 
Because right now you're kind of describing the whole building blocks of what makes a game. But for you, what is the key thing? What makes, you know, one thing a game and something else not? Basically, the th- for me, the thing that makes a game a game, a lot of it revolves around involving the player. In what way? I mean, uh, would you consider games like... Uh, uh, Dragon Slayer. Would you consider Dragon Slayer was a very popular arcade game? It was a quick time thing, where quick time being, oh, okay, you have to move left, so click left, left, right to avoid things. Would you consider that a game? Could you fail? Of course, because well, technically you're then being involved because you could fail. But wouldn't that be the same as, say, a choose your own adventure? Would choose your own adventure type things be games also, or it be just they wouldn't be novel? They wouldn't be because the player. The player involvement is essentially thin as a sheet of paper. But all quick time games. Quick time games are can uh, can be considered games. Well, okay, quick time games are are actually treading on this. For me, they tread on this uh, weird um, gray this weird gray area that leans more towards not being games. A lot of that would a lot of those games. You know, a lot of what would make them a game would fall right down to a few things. Such as? The ability to fail, the ability to influence the event, the events that happen in the game, the ability to, the ability of the game to, to do, to do something for you in terms of, well, in terms of the way the game would make you feel or motivate you to move forward. Basically, I look at the game and it basically should not be a static experience. Okay, so there really has to be some sort of dynamics to it where you have to keep moving or essentially keep mobile? Is that how you're saying? Yes, but I... yes. Basically, you have to be... basically, the game should be giving you incentives to move forward. So see, sure you're saying incentives, it's like, uh, if you do this, you get rewarded, or you're saying if you... or the other side is being a challenge, if you don't do this right away, you're going to die. Which, I mean, it was a Dragon Slayer. I mean, Dragon Slayer was, if you don't do this at this certain time, you're going to fail. You're going to die. Versus other games where if you do this perfectly, you'll get, you no know, power-ups, you'll get extra awards that may assist you for later parts of the game. I'd say, I'd say those two would count, but also a third one where if you keep going on, you'll see more, you know. I mean, well, that's normal. I mean, no, that's but, no, especially because, especially for, say, games that, you know, just drop you in and you really don't know what you're... You know, you really don't have a good... You don't have a complete grasp of everything that's happening, so you... Games with no tutorials. Or games with storylines that aren't too... That aren't, you know, thrown at your face with massive text screens. Alright. <laughs> basically, basically an incentive to move forward that involves you having to involve yourself in the game. Okay. So would you consider visual novels? I mean, this is something popular in Japan, popular actually in the U.S., are these games because you are given choices you are essentially given rewards and possibilities of failure though it's not as punishing as other you know games of a certain idea same idea are those games or are they just so on that border that half we of can honestly not a good portion of them can be considered games because a number of them actually have actual gameplay elements to them uh, example, I mean, what's there's this one element? game? There's this one visual novel that also has a that also has portions where you're playing a mech action game, as an example. There's another visual novel I know, uh, Utawareru Mono, that also includes strategy 
stages with strategy RPG elements. Okay. There's this one visual novel that is that is pretty much also pretty much also a JRPG rolled into one. Uh, Tears Tears to Tiara. Mm-hmm. Basically, those can count count as games. The others, they they are uh, they're basically walking that tightrope because the because. You could say that there is involvement there because you could because you're because you know you could make choices moving for that could pretty much influence the way things move forward and could influence the ending. But at the same time, the involvement the involvement isn't active enough because basically while you are making these choices, it the involvement pretty much starts with you making the decision then ending when you make the decision and then all that follows is you is you going through is you basically statically going through it all right but that part that you mentioned about affecting the end and the outcome uh is that something that has to be apparent in every single game for it to really be a game or is that really just a part of the whole i mean it's not seriously has to be there but as a whole it would be nice for it to be there or as a whole, we in, could, could you know, conceive that it could be part of it, and if it's not, if it's you, not immediately a problem, but there has to be something taking its place. Basically, it, basically, not, basically not all games would need you to influence the end based on your actions, <coughs> because not all games could be built that way. Oh yeah, I mean, older games, Pac-Man, I mean, really, there were only really two endings to it, which is... Either you finish the game or you die. Or games like Zelda, which pretty much go with, which pretty much going by their their plot premise and the gameplay and the game and the way the game is built, pretty much builds you up really for that final boss fight against the against the main villain, where 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 pretty much it. I mean, you could actually work into the system that if you if you lose, that that's another ending. But that is a really good way of disincentivizing your play of uh, of discouraging your players. I mean, if you think about it, especially since you talk about Zelda, I remember when they were at least the official Zelda timeline. Let where me get, if your hero guess we're wins, going with, he goes this way. We're go, let me guess, we're going with the fallen. Let me guess, you're refer, you're referring to the fallen hero timeline, right? Yeah, I mean, so could be that way. I mean, Zelda might just put the whole new level of. It's not only you can really affect the outcome of the entire thing, which is oh, your hero lost. You're now playing this game. I mean, that's how they described all the different possible worlds in Zelda. Was the hero won, the hero lost, the hero died. It's now reborn hero. It's this thing. Could you consider that then as a com- the whole Zelda series wrapped into one as one major complete game? No. How come? <coughs> I mean, why can't it be components of one gigantic game versus you no know, games on their own? I mean, going the idea that you no, know, the interactivity and affecting the outcome. I mean, this is really affecting the outcome in a whole bigger scale. Because, because if there was really interactivity, you'd be the one making the timeline. Okay, so you're you would bas- basically you would be the one making the timeline. Basically, what ha- what happened with the timeline was that some guy, some guys actually named read out the timeline for you. Okay, I see where you're coming from there. But, I mean, the timeline there doesn't mean that's what you're following. It could just be, oh, you set up, okay, I want to do this, 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 and here I will fail and go to this timeline. It's essentially, I mean, sounds, the, I mean, games as the much The way you're describing it made, made it sound more like, made it sound more like a visual novel. 
Well, it sort of is that way. I mean, games cannot give you true freedom. And this, I guess, coming to the side that, I mean, I made a number of games, analog and digital. Uh, we give you this illusion of free choice and freedom to make you enjoy or enjoy things, but there is a limit to things. Especially in the video game side. We can't just have you do absolutely anything because... For, well, for one, that is a lot of programming. And the other, that is a lot of resources you have to build. And lastly, you might completely forget what you're doing in the game. I mean, uh, sandbox <coughs> games are fun, but good sandbox games do have a direction to them. I yeah. mean, GTA, sure, you can, you can completely ignore the missions. I mean, you can. Yeah. But there's a direction that you maybe should do missions. Skyrim, Skyrim, Elder Scrolls games in general, you don't have to do the main quest. You can honestly just get out of the tutorial area and do whatever you want. But there is a direction to what you're doing. I mean, you can't play Elder Scrolls inside, you know? I'm going to be a NPC merchant type thing. No, you can't. Yeah. But you can do anything else. There is free choice, but we can't have to limit you. Even in AD&D and D&D and VTM, uh, we do give you a lot more options, especially since it is a tabletop. We can change and add content on the fly. But even then, I mean, I can't have you playing a VTM <coughs> game and suddenly you're now just running car dealerships. Okay. I mean, you could. You could honestly do that in the game, but honestly, what are you doing already? You're just not, you're essentially playing a whole different game within our own game. Hmm. So, freedom is important. I see where you're coming from there, but I don't think the lack of true freedom the lack of, breaks a game. It doesn't break a game. Yeah. And, you know, lack of true freedom doesn't make something not a game. Yeah, yes. In fact, in fact, um, um, this may or may not be related, but in a number, but in a number of contexts, some games are, are just are better off being linear than you know, open world. Oh yeah, that's true. I mean, there are some games that should be linear, mainly because it's trying to tell you a story. I mean, it's RPGs to in tell... general kind of are linear as much as there may be small diverging paths here and there. They still meet up somewhere in the end. Either it's either because it's trying to tell you a story, or base, or because the game, it, or because of the way the game was designed, the only way to accommodate it is through a linear fashion. A number of stealth games are like that, are like that, where pretty much, pretty much, be, they have, they kind of have to be linear in order to, for you to appreciate the mechanics of the game. Oh, eh? Because in a num because in a number of cases if you impose too much open world on on a lot of things some of the things that you're trying to do with that game could be diluted because okay, yeah it makes sense the game because at which, because if you do so the game start can actually begin losing its point okay i see you're coming from there uh, again that's the problem with having too much freedom in the game yes yeah. you forget what you're doing that being said with regards to what you mentioned about the whole zelda timeline as a game Oh, yeah, I mean, the, Zelda's, the whole could, Zelda games let, all together becoming essentially one mega game. What? Here's my question. What are the... What is the central... What are the mechanics for this mega game? Well, I mean, if we're going to look at it from the Zelda timeline point of view, it's simply if you pass... If you succeed here, you proceed on to this section. Yes, but... If you uh, fail here, you proceed to this one. Yes, but... um, base. Yes, but um, what is the... But basic, okay, so what is the content that the player can work with? 
Well, when you're working, when you're going to this again, this macro sense, it's those two choices: either you win or you die. Yeah, but we go be- down to the micro if each tiny thing. There's essentially a whole different world. It boils down to especially Zelda games is you know save the princess, save the kingdom. Pretty much, you know, pretty much Mario, same with Mario games and actually a lot of games in general. You save the girl, ba- beat the bad guys. You know when you bring up the whole Zelda timeline as one game, that just makes me think of a Zelda MMO. Eh, not gonna happen. <laughs> the, eh, Nintendo. No, no, not just that. I mean, Zelda... Wouldn't work. As an way. MMO, just doesn't work. Maybe doesn't because, work. Uh, Zelda's just one of those titles that what makes it interesting is, you know, your Link. Yeah, your Link. I'm pretty sure the you played Zelda actually... as a Goron or as a no. Kokiri. I don't think it's going no, to be as when interesting. I think of a, when I think of a Zelda MMO, I, I, I don't even think of it in a, in a standard MMO Plus, sense. Hyrule's kind of small. I think of it instead like all of you are different links oh gosh that's one thing i get so annoyed with certain mmos you're all heroes no 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 you're not that's weird okay so would you say that maybe instead of a game being just interactive should it's a game a game because it challenges you a game is a game because hmm is that maybe like the major aspect is it it makes you do something it it basically either encourages, challenges, or forces you to do something. So would you consider a exam a game in that sense? Because you are being either challenged, pushed, or forced to do something. <coughs> or even school projects. You'd have... Um, okay. What to differentiates qual- that from a game? To qualify that, games cha- challenge, in- encourage, or force, or force you, but... Basically, you're coming into this. You're coming into this of your own choice, and they don't do so. And they don't do so in that blunt a fashion. Okay. Basically, with a basically, when you first get into it, you have to know. Basic when you first get into it, you know it's a game. Gaming, very very hard to define apparently. Yep. Well, I mean, you know it's a game, but why is it a game? What is this thing that we know that makes it a game? <coughs> If it's challenge, obviously exams are not games to us. Well, but they are what I mean by you know it's a game is that you know you're coming into some you know you're coming into something not because you need to do it for to save your life. Well, I'm pretty sure you don't need to pass an exam to save your life. It's just really great to you know get that piece of paper when you graduate. Well, for some, I mean you know Steve Jobs, Bill Gates. Yeah, and yeah, that's actually a very good point. But basically, they do basically games that challenge you to be that. Basically, games that uh, challenge, force, or encourage you. They do. They don't do so in the most overt, blatant fashions. I mean, but there's some that do. I mean, uh, puzzle games are the most. Ob- I mean, Su- Sudoku is a puzzle game. It is bluntly sh- showing you. Okay, you have numbers. Deal with it. But how should it go, you know, a game and solving a math equation, not a game? Or should we consider maybe is it possible that exams can be games in their own way? In that regard, they could be depending on how you see it. So, but then, I mean, how you see it, but at the same time you're saying that we know a game's a game. I mean, honestly, we're defining the game and what's gaming, but honestly, we all know what it is. Yet at the same time, what is it really? I mean, uh... I suppose exams, maybe some people see it as a game to them. But what is it? What makes it a game in your head? I mean, for me, again, it goes down to you have to take some form of enjoyment out of it. Some sort of pleasure or some sort of, you know, you enjoy, you essentially enjoyed it. It was 
It could have been something that made you cry, something very frustrating, something that's made you question everything around you. Uh, no, Matrix games. Hmm. Uh, but what constitutes a game for you? I mean, right now, again, me, it's down to enjoyment, but that's because I came to it as, hey, these are fun. But right now, you're talking about the whole different aspect to it, which, I mean, I really find interesting. Uh, my problem is when I look at games, I really go down to the bare system of it all, whether it's enjoyable or not. But you, you're taking the re really different form of it's not just the bare bone system; it's everything else. Well, it ca- it actually a game could be just described with the in its in the bare bone system because very simple games are still games. But what makes it a game again? I mean, for you, is it? really down to something like I said, which is the enjoyment, or is it something all different together? I mean, we all know what games are, but I think we all have a unique use to what makes a game a game. Hmm. I mean, for some people, their concept of enjoyment, it's no, a game doesn't need to be enjoyable for it to be a game. Hmm. I mean, if the game has to be enjoyable, that means... Uh, um, basically... Sudoku, I mean, like, some people, they don't find Sudoku be a game, because what? it's annoying. One way I, one way I look at... I, one way I look at it is that a game needs to be basically apart from presenting a challenge, it should also allow you to create your own personal challenge. Okay, that one. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, what do you mean by that? Like challenging yourself in some way? Basically, there. Basically, there's the challenge that the game presents to you, mm-hmm. and then there's the challenge that you could make for yourself. Okay, we're talking beyond the game now. Essentially, you're not just playing the system. You're Forcing yourself to play it in a different level, essentially challenging yourself and the system in front of you. Basically, see see if you can challenge yourself within the system. Okay, so since beyond you want... what the system states, that's a very interesting way to look at. So games are not just the enjoyment factor; it's ability to not just interact with it, well, but because enrich yourself to enjoy it in a whole different level. Because apart from because if you can challenge yourself. If you can challenge your, if you can create your own personal challenge with it, you can enjoy a game more. Or by when when you achieve that said challenge, so not only are you are you gaining the enjoyment from the from the game and its set parameters, but you're also gaining the fulfillment of achieving your own personal challenges. Okay, but there again, you're using the word no game. What still constitutes a game? You're already making assumptions. You already defined it. I mean, we again, we all have our own definitions to what a game is, but. What is it to you? I mean, uh, bluntly, like, if you had to, to say, say it, it in one sentence, to say what it, makes a game a game? Fluff. Fluff. Okay, I just, okay. To put it bluntly, I look at a game as an interactive experience that just goes beyond making, arbi- making arbitrary choices, and that not only are you making the choice, but you're, but you're working, working with, working through, or working against the choice as it unfolds. So it's not you making the choice then just sitting down and watching what happens. Okay, that's or base Or basically, you you doing something. Basically, you do something and you and you keep on doing it. Or having, or you have to do something else. Or, well, basically you have to do something. Yeah. Actually, that reminds you of a very uh, quote I saw a few times in online. Hmm. When, yeah, when gamers says, you know, we don't have life, yeah, we have many. I guess as you're saying, gaming is, I guess for me, it made me just purely enjoyment. That's the key factor. But how you're putting it on, game is an entire new experience, an entirely new life that you're engaging in. Yeah. Hey, 
For you guys, I mean, uh, I think we do have a comment section somewhere below. Uh, if we don't, at some point we might put one. Uh, if we do still have the comments down there, you know, what's a game to you? Let's, let's hear, let's hear about that. Let's see what everyone else has to say. For Paolo here, it's experiencing an entirely new life. For me, it's basic enjoyment. Uh, we'd like to hear what you think. You can probably bug the, uh, you know, third world Linux to see if we can get Twitter at some point, and you can probably bug them there for a while. <laughs> or you could probably hunt down our Facebook accounts, and then whenever we share this video, you could just comment there. Yeah, you could comment there too. That'd be great. But yeah, this is not. But hey, this I guess concludes the first real actual release of the <laughs> third world gaming. We went through our alpha, we went through a beta, and our launch date kind of got pushed. But hey, we have the first episode today. I hope you enjoyed your pre-orders of this show. If you didn't, you're not getting a refund. We yes. are not EA. <laughs> you get, you paid so much for the special collector's edition of Third World Gaming. Well, I hope you enjoy that. Because you're not getting any of that money back. But you are getting patches. Patches upon patches upon patches. And don't worry, the only crash that is happening is the crash on your face. made it this far, this is the off-tangent segment where we talk about something that isn't related to the show. But sometimes it will be. If it is, we are sorry. Yeah. So, what have been up to lately? Let's see, what have I been up to lately? Um, I've been up to my prelim exams. Oh yeah, you know, Paulus is still a student, so he has And I've right also now. been up to posting ads for selling utility vehicles. Yeah, that, that is not at all what a college student does. <laughs> Been, uh, I mean, I, I've, I mean, I've sold things in college. Uh, back in Europe, I mean, I would uh, <laughs> buy and sell militaria. I'd be selling uh, small bits of uniforms, small bits of equipment. Really? I had to make my money somehow. I mean, I eat a lot, and what uh, whatever allowance I get, it doesn't work around you know our school. Yeah. We're in between like what the top three expensive malls in Manila. We're near Podium, Shangri-La. Yeah, and, and most of the yeah, and most of the um, food outlets tend to be uh, pretty pricey. Yeah, I mean, unless you unless you can identify unless you can unless you de unless you decide you want to go for thirty uh, forty peso shomai and rice. But then again, oh wait, that actually sounds relative. That sounds relatively more. Ex that actually sounds relatively. Ex Expensive compared to the, some of the meals I got for only like 25 in USPF. Dang, you, you get cheap meals. I could not find a 40 peso meal anywhere around our college. Really? 7-Eleven well, we... had shomai and rice. Okay, dude, I eat like a meal that's meant probably for two to three people because of my metabolism. And yeah, you remember, you need, I, I yeah. was in varsity, so you, I ate a lot. You needed to eat a lot, yeah. So, I mean, uh, the normal meal there would be about 100 pesos. That's about $2.50. I mean, that's the normal person. Thing is, I eat two to three times, especially when I was in varsity. I'd burn, like, I'd burn through, what, 2,000, 3,000 calories a day. Yeah. So, you know, I burn calories. I burn pesos. I really need to make money. So, I kind of, maybe if I did sell, like, one car, I'd probably be set for the year. But, you know, I was selling military and all these <coughs> weird small items. Yeah. I think, I mean, the strangest thing I ever sold were batteries. Yeah, I actually sold batteries at one point, and the most peculiar thing I think I ever sold was 
uh, cloth. Oh, okay. Yeah. I essentially it was military grade cloth. It was like shemags and some mm. other bits of gear. When it came to batteries, it was really, really overly specialized batteries that you would never find in stores. And even if you did, you would probably have zero use for them. Hmm. All right. That also reminds me that I've also been selling uh, games that I don't need. Um, comics, though I haven't sold much of those yet. Why are you saying games that you don't need? What do you mean you don't need? Base. I say that because some of these are games that um, my cousin own, so I can just borrow from him. Okay. And so I know maybe a topic for the future for TWG are game are the certain games things that we need? Are they a necessity or purely wants? But no, that's a future thing. If you don't like that, leave it in the comments. Okay. <laughs> and as and oh yeah, I've all, I've also been selling unbuilt model kits that I haven't built. So you mean you never opened them or I op- I've opened the box. I haven't cut I didn't cut out the racks from the plastic. Basically, relatively speaking, yes, unopened. Okay, so you know, just plastic's gone. You sell us your what? You sell us? Oh, no, no, so, you sell us in Sulit, right, or something? Yeah, I've actually sold. I've pretty much I've sold all the ones I don't intend to build. Actually, I'm actually curious. How is it selling things on Sulit? Because honestly, when I've made deals and things, it's I've always done either over the phone. Sulit or, is you essentially know, multiply... online classified ads. Okay, how how's that work? I mean, how basically, does the work? it only it works only by giving visibility. Basically, you mentioned doing deals over the phone or talking with people, right? Yep, uh, in person. You do that. That's pretty. That's pretty much what you still have to do after someone wants to buy something because of your Sulit ad. You basically the Sulit ad just makes it clear that you have this item. So and this item is for sale. Okay. And as for the utility vehicle thing, well, part of the reason I'm selling it is because, well, one, my my parents own own a dealership, so helping them sell, and two, it's pretty much the easiest way for me to make the extra money. Alright, hey, Paolo, you could be going rambling for a bit. I need to slowly lose your loot. This will probably be cut out. Okay, so apparently stuff is happening, and oh gosh. <clears throat> Um, okay, what what else have I been up to? Apart from that, i just been catching up with a few things and coming to realization about how life... Life is a pretty interesting thing. Is a pretty interesting thing and when once you actually... Once you decide to do stuff with your, with your life, <coughs> you actually end up surprising yourself because of the things that you do. So apart from all that of that deep stuff, uh, stuff. Well, I've been up to college, and I'd assume Miko's do doing his. Eh, he's been doing his regular work, though some of his shifts are pretty crazy. Like he once had a straight fifty-five hour shift. So imagine that. Go go basically two days and a half, no sleep. Crazy, right? It. I mean. Wouldn't I mean if I went through that? That would actually drive me to the point of random insanity, or insanity random, or is insanity random an actual word? What? <sighs> and and this? Huh. 
Water is trickling down from an unknown source. Okay, that's not an unknown source. That's my aquarium. Yes, I have an aquarium in... in yes, an aquarium is present in this room and the inhabitants of it are probably not mutated. Though I probably would wish they are mutated if only because... Well, one, that would be interesting times. Two, I can actually talk with my salamanders. Yes, I have pet salamanders and they actually act like Spider-Man at times because what they do is take the water and then they glue themselves to the walls of the uh, aquarium and then escape. True story because I also had the unfortunate circumstance of losing one of them to my, to, you know, basically they dried up. They dried up because they escaped and I couldn't find them in time so they turned into husks. It's pretty bad, but at the same time, it may it makes you one makes you realize how rather interesting your pets can be. Then again, I don't expect many people to actually own sal salamanders. Or wait, actually, a number of people do, and I wouldn't be too surprised if a lot of you guys who are staying in small apartments are keeping them. After all, after all. Said small apartments aren't going to be big enough for you to keep a dog in. So the next best option, I guess, is keeping some form of reptile, amphibian, or even insect. I know a number of people who own tarantulas. I know a number of people who own scorpions. I'd like a scorpion, but that's for another time. And heck, I even know people who want to keep poisonous snakes. Guys would like to keep cobras, vipers, mambas. Yeah, it, yeah, a lot of people can have pretty interesting tastes for the kinds of pets they'd like to keep. And well, these are easier to maintain in small, smaller living spaces than, you know, trying to maintain a dog that is a relatively speaking active animal, so basically you don't have as many issues with having to walk the the uh, corn snake because they're they can basically they can just be kept in a small aquarium maybe two feet by four feet or even less <coughs> oh yeah oh yeah and if you hear me coughing sorry i'm i've been pretty sick over the past few days few days also oh gosh <sighs> been catching a bit of the sniffles got the cough and I think I might... I don't know if I'm contagious or not. Hopefully, people don't start getting sick because of me and whatnot. But hey, <coughs> like, the water trickles down. I'm pretty certain all of these long si silences are going to end up being cut out of the, cut out of the post. <sighs> if there's a lesson I must take from tonight, being lactose intolerant and drinking coffee... Not very smart, especially after you had cheeseburger for dinner. <laughs> oh gosh, you had cheese? Okay, it wasn't really my fault. Uh, my sister was actually making dinner tonight. Uh, oh, she's okay. a chef, so you know. Yeah. Well, I tried her cooking skills and stuff. Yeah, she made a burger, and I did not realize there were cheeseburgers. They tasted really good though, but uh, yeah, cheese, lactose intolerance. And coffee. And a good cup of joe to stay awake. Not the smartest thing to do. Especially when you have to consider that a cup of joe is going to speed in your metabolism. Sure, yeah, we can call that, speeding no, that up. No, seriously, because that also happens to me at times. I end up having to... Basically, it's either with coffee or alcohol. Basically, after I take them, I have this feeling I need to expel. 
Yeah. <laughs> Except, well, it's more immediate with the alcohol oh, than yeah. it is with the coffee. Basically, the coffee is kind of a bit a more surprising thing. It takes about an hour or two to for that to kick in. On the other hand, for me with alcohol, I drink my first beer. Suddenly, I have a feeling I need to use the 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 lav the lavatory. Yeah, sure, the laboratory. <laughs> laboratory. So, I don't know. I've either I've always called either the the latrine or the WC. I, I've only reused the term CR was when I was in Manila, but I've always used the WC, Lou, or Latrine. What language is Latrine from? I don't know, isn't that English? Or it might be French. That sounds <laughs> European. Western European. Yeah, but I remember using you know, the word Latrine, WC, and the Lou. Okay, the Lou sounds French. Uh, no, good. Yeah, actually, I'm not really sure why it's called Lou. I don't know if it has reference to Waterloo. I mean, I called WC because it's a war closet, even though it's not a real war closet. Yeah, I have like really weird uh, words now and then. I mean, I call an elevator a lift. I Jenny call the television a telly. I guess it has to do with all the weird people I kind of deal with. Especially in the hotel, you deal with lots of foreigners. But even prior to that, uh, I dealt with different kinds of people, not just locals. <coughs> so I picked up some very, very weird vocabulary. Dude. And for some reasons, when I record, my English goes by blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it well, it's better than and than ending up with um, infrequent spells of randomness in your head. You mean thought? No, by randomness, it basically feels like you're going insane, but then you realize you aren't. So thought. Does thought make you go insane? Depends what they tell you. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it comes to that because uh, when I do uh, currently writing another story right now, well, rewriting one of the old stories. Uh, the old project, remember the Undead Memoirs? Oh, that Yeah, one. I'm fixing up books four to six, so essentially adding content that I removed. I removed <coughs> the content mainly because it hit a very personal topic and I was not comfortable writing it. But then as writing uh, book five, I realized it was not a smart idea. If I don't write that back in, it just does not work as a whole story. It feels very empty and... Basically, there's a lack, basically, there's a lack of a plot connection. Such... Uh, no, it's not really plot connection, but the character feels very one-dimensional at some point so, because that aspect was missing. So essentially, the, some, of, some of the aspects of the character will, would lack context. Yeah, it's like you see her acting. Yeah, uh, books four to six, I am writing for a girl character, which is really interesting and the amount of research I had to do for that one. You might hear in the Bodega Nights. Check out the next episode coming out next week. <laughs> what is this topic? Or you can't, or you don't want to mention? Uh, I'll mention that in there. Then. It's, uh, I'll mention it in, the, in maybe Bodega Nights or, you know, maybe one for other off tangents. But hey, if you want to check out, you can check Undead Memoirs at WordPress.com. This is very shameless <coughs> self plug. That's the first drafts. Uh, right now it's been heavily edited. At some point in the near future, maybe it might come out in ebook format with everything fixed up. Or not, you know, I have a bad habit of starting some things and not really finishing them at times. You're just reminding me I actually need to actually make that script for the pilot. Like a, for a pilot or a pilot for what? A pilot for a YouTube show I had in mind that I played the idea with and actually reserved the, the domain name for the website. Then, I, then it ended up just being on static hold due to, well, a lot of things happening. Um, remember I told you about Awesome Booze World? Oh, yeah. Wait, can I actually talk about it here? We're I don't dealing... know. We, I guess it's somewhat okay to talk about. You know, because, well, PG and I'm talking about alcohol. <laughs> 
Anyway, but you're saying essentially you started it and didn't finish or something, or it's kind of became permanent. Basically, yeah. basically the idea came into came into fruition, but I haven't technic I haven't actually started it. Basically, I have the idea of a basic gist. I have I know what I'd like to do for some episodes. I just haven't actually written the first episode. All right. Well, let that be a lesson to you guys. Always finish what you start.